to Treasures of Truth, a daily broadcast from Monday through Friday where we encourage you to come and study the Bible with us. Treasures of Truth is a ministry of Treasure Valley Baptist Church in Meridian, Idaho. Your host is Pastor Rick DeMichael. And during this series, Pastor DeMichael is teaching a lesson entitled Mormon Doctrines in Light of the Bible. Come find out what the Bible has to say on this issue. And please be sure to stay tuned after the broadcast as we will have a special offer for a free book on this very subject. And now your host, Pastor Rick DeMichael. All right, the next thing to understand in Mormon doctrine is that Jesus was a God who once was a man who progressed to Godhood. Now, we covered this in the last lesson on the nature of God. And so I'm not going to go into it in any detail. But the works that are cited in this are from the Pearl of Great Price, Abraham chapter 3, verses 22 through 28. Uh, Doctrine and Covenants, section 93, verses 21 through 23, are cited by Bruce McConkie in his work Mormon Doctrine on page 590. I have it right here. I won't bore you with the entire thing. But again, it pretty much mirrors the idea that Christ was one of these mortals that became a god through a progression, just as Mormonism teaches that every one of us can as well. And uh, this is easily dismissed through the scriptures. John 1.1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And when was this? In the beginning. In the beginning, Christ was God. He did not attain to Godhood. He always was God. Christ called himself the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. There is no progression to Godhood. Christ always was God. Uh, Psalm 90, verse 2, Even from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. Jesus is God. God has always been God. And instead of the man Jesus climbing the ladder of achievement to Godhood, that is man becoming God, God became man. That is, Jesus Christ became the God-man in his incarnation at the first advent to save us. Let's take our Bibles and go to Philippians chapter 2 and take a look at verse 5. Philippians 2 verse 5, Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be what? Equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men all right the third thing you need to know and we've already touched on this is that according to mormon teaching jesus is separate from the father except for oneness of purpose now all of the cults get this wrong and consequently deny the trinity And again, I'm not going to read the whole section, but uh, in Mormon Doctrine by Bruce R. McConkie and pages 176 and 177, or 576 and 577, and I'm holding it in my hand and I've got it marked here, and I looked at it earlier this morning. Uh, This is basically stated in no uncertain terms. And uh, let's take a look at John chapter 14 to refute such an idea. John chapter 14. You see, folks, if the Father and Son are as distinct in essence as cultists would have us to believe, then you've got to wonder why Christ said what he said in this portion of Scripture. John chapter 14. 
John chapter 14 and verse 10. Christ speaking. Believest thou not that I am in the Father and the Father in me? Folks, he's speaking of essence here, not purpose. The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me. Essence, not purpose. Essence, not purpose. Is that starting to ring in your ears a little bit? Okay, I want it to. All right, notice what he says. But the Father that dwelleth in me, that's essence, not purpose. He doeth the works. Believe me that I am in the Father, essence, not purpose, and the Father in me, essence, not purpose, or else believe me for the very work's sake. Now, certainly they were one in purpose, no question about that. But that's not to overshadow the fact that they were one in essence. And over and over again, Christ makes that abundantly clear. The next thing you need to understand is that according to Mormon doctrine, Jesus was not conceived by the Holy Spirit. Now, this is going to be extremely offensive and blasphemous if you understand your Bible. But I'm going to read it to you anyways so that you know that I am not misrepresenting anybody here when I say what I'm about to say. And um, this is from, first of all, from Doctrines of Salvation by Joseph Fielding Smith, uh, Volume 1, page 18. Under the firstborn, our Father in heaven is the Father of Jesus Christ, both in the Spirit and in the flesh. Our Savior is the firstborn in the Spirit, the only begotten in the flesh, Christ not begotten of the Holy Ghost. He did not teach them that He was the Son of the Holy Ghost, but the Son of the Father. He was not born without the aid of man, and that man was God. Now, do you get the implications? All right, well, you won't have to get the implications on this one. This is from the Seer by Orson Pratt, page 158. Again, I have the area marked. I looked at it, at it this morning, and I'm going to read it to you in its entirety. He says, The fleshly body of Jesus required a mother as well as a father. Therefore, the father and mother of Jesus, according to the flesh, must have been associated together in the capacity of husband and wife. Hence, the Virgin Mary must have been for the time being, the lawful wife of God the Father. We use the term lawful wife because it would be blasphemous in the highest degree to say that he overshadowed her or begat the Savior unlawfully. It would have been unlawful for any man to have interfered with Mary, who was already espoused to Joseph, for such heinous crime would have subjected both the guilty parties to death according to the law of Moses. But God, having created all men and women, had the most perfect right to overshadow the Virgin Mary in the capacity of a husband and beget a son, although she was a spouse to another. For the law he gave to govern men and women was not intended to govern himself or to prescribe rules for his own conduct. It was also unlawful in him, after having thus dealt with Mary, to give her to Joseph for time only or for time and eternity. We are not informed. Inasmuch as God was the first husband to her, it may be that he only gave her to be the wife of Joseph while in this mortal state, and that he intended after the resurrection to again take her as one of his own wives to raise up immortal spirits in eternity. The seer, page 158. Now, did you get the implications of, of that? 
Here we see that, according to Mormon teaching, God the Father came down and cohabitated with one of his own spirit children, that would be Mary. This is incestuous. And that God the Father was already married in heaven, probably to many wives, and he has relations with someone, Mary, who is already betrothed to someone else, Joseph. This is adulterous. And let's look at the Bible to set the matter perfectly straight. Look at Luke chapter 1. Now, the purpose of bringing this out is very simple. We've got to witness to our Mormon friends, neighbors, relatives, co-workers, because the Jesus they have embraced is not the Jesus of Scripture. And unless you understand that, that's going to take the edge off of your witness. If you understand the bill of goods they've been sold, then you'll have the burden you need to effectively witness to them. All right, take a look at Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1, and look at verse 34. Luke chapter 1, verse 34. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be? And of course, the angel has explained to her that she's expecting Jesus. She was surprised, didn't even know. How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? Is that clear? All right. And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Mary was the virgin that gave birth to Christ. Christ was virgin born. And there was no cohabitation between God the Father and Mary. Uh, basically, what Orson Pratt is trying to do is reconcile all these Mormon teachings and try to make sense out of them. And what I just read you was the best that he could do. And at best, it's highly offensive and extremely blasphemous against God the Father, God the Son, Joseph, Mary, and on and on we could go. We would like to thank you for listening to Treasures of Truth. And we would also like to offer a free book about the content you just heard on Mormon doctrines in light of the Bible. To receive this free book, please contact the office at Treasure Valley Baptist Church. You can give them a call at 208-888-4545. That's 208-4545. The offices are open Tuesday through Friday. To hear more great messages by Pastor DeMichael, please feel free to visit our website at tvbc.org. That's tvbc.org. You can also follow us on Facebook. Treasures of Truth is a ministry of Treasure Valley Baptist Church in Meridian, Idaho, and we would love for you to come join us in our services. Our Sunday school begins at 9.30 with the morning service at 10.45. We also have a Sunday evening service at 5.45. We also have great kids programs on Wednesday nights. At 7 o'clock, we've got the Master's Club, which runs during the school year. And at the same time, we have a Bible study for the adults in the main auditorium. With specialized classes and programs for all ages, as well as wonderful nurseries for the youngsters, Treasure Valley Baptist Church has a place for everyone. And don't forget about our vibrant programs for the teens and our college and career group. We hope to see you soon.